Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hotline League episode 125. We are just a little bit over a week out from the start of Summer Split, and some interesting uh, news has been dropping in the League of Legends world in the past uh, couple of days, including the retirement of Uzi and so much more. Uh, so we're going to get into that as well as having conversations about the start of Summer Split. And next week, we'll be previewing the uh, first week weekend, I guess, but I think this episode will be a great one for us to just talk in general about what your expectations are for Summer Split, so we'll be taking your calls. Also want to give a shout out to uh, our sponsors, Draft Buff and Alienware for sponsoring the show. Really appreciate it. Um, how are you doing, Mark? I'm doing good. I mean, as in the correct context of as good as you can do in yeah. this uh, current environment, I don't have to leave my apartment uh, for work very much. I've walked around my block to check out if any if anything's gone down. Seems like we're in a pretty pretty good spot. So yeah, I'm okay. How are yeah. you? Uh, similar. It's it's a <laughs> it's a little weird where uh, Kobe and I have been ordering out a lot, and you have to curfew order, now. You have to figure stuff out before dinner hits because we've got so many curfews in LA. And in fact, I heard that. In North America, all the different teams, or in LA, all the different teams have started scrimming. And normally scrims went until, I want to say like five or six every day. But they now stop scrimming at four. Everybody goes and gets food and gets ready for curfew. And then they scrim for another two hours, uh, which is interesting. So huh. that's definitely been, it's been fascinating. Uh, on that topic, I think Mark, you and I both talked before the show started about how we felt like we should say something mm -hmm. or address sort of what's going on in the the U.S. right now. Do you um, want to go first or should I? Because I, I don't know if you wrote something up, but I just have like little notes of things I wanted to talk about. Yeah, I uh, I'll just say sort of off the cuff. I did think about like preparing a statement or something, but. Um, just felt like it would be for me at least a little a little more genuine off the cuff and i uh i don't know i think for me i have not said too much in my own voice on social media about everything that's happening in the US right now uh because i feel like while my support is important uh i'm not the best person to comment on this there's a lot of other voices out there that are more valuable in terms of sharing their experiences and um and their knowledge of all these issues uh, and so i've been doing you know trying to amplify a lot of that on social media but uh i have been really proud i think of the way in which a lot of Esports organizations and individuals have all spoken up in support of fighting back against uh, racism and intolerance and uh, just really terrible shit um, that has long been an issue in the U.S., but I think has come to the forefront more recently in the past couple of years. And uh, I just want to say, you know, I it's been tough seeing everything over the past uh, week or so. And it's part of the reason why Mark and I felt we should move the show on Monday because crazy stuff was happening as, as Mark's cat to my cat uh, is the most disrespectful motherfucker in the world. <laughs> unsurprising. We're talking about black lives matter right now, dude. Unsurprising. This is why cats are not anyway. <laughs> so 
uh i just i don't know i one thing i'll say i thought was really interesting and a little um more close to home for tgi was that broden actually went out to the protest this past weekend uh i think it was yesterday actually that he was at one of them and basically had to escape because uh police moved in started boxing people in and started firing rubber bullets and tear gas at them um and i asked him you know is this because curfew was coming up and he's like no they started doing all this at 2 30 and curfew's at four or yeah. six in hollywood so anyway it's just uh it's really crazy to see what's out there uh going on out there and it's uh really terrible to see yeah um, i mean she- i i definitely i had a couple of things that i wanted to definitely talk about um with the whole black lives matter movement because i think there's a bunch of things obviously wrong in the world that i probably have been i've i've never been someone who's politically active on my twitter and stuff but i don't that's necessarily the right perspective i should have had and it's like you during this time i've spent a lot more time retweeting other people uh, especially uh black people if i can to try and get that their perspective out there because listening and watching everything i have i've definitely learned a lot more um than i knew before which i think you know, it's, it's important to ad- admit so that, you know, not everyone is just, I don't know, pretending like we always did. I don't know. Uh, there's a couple of things that uh, stood out to me. Um, one, which was, I said, it's something that's kind of independent that I think people just need to uh, realize even beyond just with human nature is there's a, a, like a phenomenon called the backfire effect or the boomerang effect, depending on what you want to mean. It's like a psychological phenomenon that happens when you're confronted with information that challenges your worldview and it's like a physiological feedback that you get and it's like why you get angry and stuff like that and so i think it's it's important for people to listen to everything that's going on um and read the retweets and listen to the videos that people are retweeting and actually try to learn and disarm yourself i know jackie collins in twitch chat just to shout her out on her twitter she's been really good about the stuff that she's been been retweeting um so I definitely suggest giving her a follow if you're looking for things to look at. Um, but yeah, that's it's just something as you go and, and learn about uh, what's going on in the world is to make sure you approach with an open mind and, and acknowledge that like when you see something to to take that moment and step back and realize your body's having uh, like you, you sometimes it is like your body reacting this way uh, if it's something that you don't like seeing. Like I've watched a lot of hard videos. Like I've been glued to Twitter because I don't fucking work right now, really. So I've been like, just to be like, I've seen the police brutality and all that going on at the riots and the protests. And I've seen like the impact of looters and like, it's definitely crazy shit, but there's a lot of things that you have to take into account uh, and and see. Yep. Uh, So that's one thing. It's like, as you're like going through this is like actually making sure that you're open to understand you're not going in with like what you believe at first. Uh, another thing, and like, uh, these are just things that I, I think can help people try and understand some of this stuff is, uh, someone was making a good point. I should, I should have like sourced everything beforehand, but I, I didn't, which is probably stupid, but uh, people talk about justice versus law and how they're not inherently the same thing. And it's something that I hadn't really thought about, uh, too much. It's something I think I kind of understood, but, um, 
you know, like all around the world, people have different laws about things. And I don't think anyone's going to pretend that every single country's laws, every single one of them is just because otherwise everyone would have the exact same set of laws. If it was this easy to understand, everything is the same. Um, you know, like there's countries with really backwards ass laws. And like, if those exist in those countries, it's totally possible and probable that there are backwards ass laws and institutions and things like that in our own. Um, and understanding that a law is not inherently just and that sometimes to find justice laws and things like that become less important than the justice itself is is something that people have to understand because uh i think that's something i see a lot of people talking about with the protesting is like oh just go home before curfew like never mind before you can get into like they're sending out the curfews too late or you know whatever it is or like to, to travis's point like sometimes the things escalate before curfew even happens, you know, and they, people are getting the, the bills for peaceful protest, uh, which you're supposed to get before you go out and stuff like that. Um, and like, even then the curfews are used to try and, you know, quell this protest and staying out is, is past the curfews illegal in some sense. And I, I know a lot of people, who say that like, Oh, well, they just shouldn't protest around those times. But that law is, it's like prioritizing the law and order over, over justice. Um, which is why, you know, you can't just say, Oh, well, that's, that's not legal. They shouldn't be doing that. It's like, well, the laws aren't fair right now. Um, which is why I think it's, it's important to, to look at what is just as well. And I don't know if I'm, I'm coming across too well. <laughs> this is obviously stuff that I'm not, I mean, it's, it's, it's difficult. About, I, but... I think it's easy to to find yourself, you know, going down a rabbit hole, I think. Uh, yeah, talking mumbling. About this stuff, right? uh, but like, these are all opinions that I've seen a lot of other people uh, talking about that have changed my perspective a little bit. And not only has it changed mine, but I've been trying to like fight the little battles with the people around me that I probably wouldn't have before. Um, and it can those things that I thought would be scary conversations to have haven't been that bad for the most part, which I think yeah. is, is good. Um, and so like what I was saying before, understand the backfire effect in yourself. If you're in an argument and you think something about like, Oh, well the protest should just go home. Like try and actually listen, understand the difference between justice and law and order and these kinds of things. Um, and then there's a lot of perspectives too. Like you don't have to, necessarily agree with like every single thing you see people tweet i know i don't always um but like there's there is a lot of perspectives out there so try and find them like i personally have like re retweeted some of barack obama's stuff i saw like the killer mike video those kinds of things i like there's a lot of different stuff out there that people should be trying to look at and learn from um another person i retweeted was marquez brownlee uh, I, I thought that what he said about like respecting how people choose to to fight racism and uh, you know racial injustice, you know people might take different avenues. Um, and you know he was talking about how he tries to be like a figure in the community that he wants people to follow. Uh, and I thought that was a, a, a cool like a, a different perspective. And I I think it's important to look at the differences and how people are are trying to address it. So like I don't know. I guess my point is keep an open mind, try and learn the best that you can, and then also participate. I think, you know, because this is a human rights issue and it's not a po politics issue. Um, 
do your best to learn, but then also vote, donate, demonstrate, um, educate yourself. There's like so much we can be doing that I need to, to start doing as well. And yeah. so someone in chat just say like, oh, it's two white guys talking about racism. And it's like, well, it's better than not. And I think that was a big part of the Marquez Brownlee one that I, I definitely felt as well. You know, people talk about virtue signaling and, and performative allyship and stuff like that, which I've always kind of been like, oh, I don't want to I don't want to look like I'm just saying things and stuff, but moving the needle and stepping up and saying something is important. So I understand some of you guys want to come in here and watch Hotline League, um, but I thought it was important to take 15 minutes before the show started to talk about some of this stuff and say what I'm going to say on, on this platform and then use Twitter to retweet the things that I agree with. Um, and, you know, that's it. Glad you could sit through 15 minutes of it. Uh, well said, Mark. I, I just want to say uh, once more, like, uh, it was, I, I was unsure about doing the show tonight, um, because it just feels like everything is so crazy out there right now. Um, uh, but honestly, the fact of the matter is going based off of how this year has been, it doesn't feel like there's going to be like a great time to do these types of things. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, it's just, a, a crazy world out there. Either way, yeah. uh, thanks it's everyone. A, What's that? Nothing. I was gonna say it's crazy, and I think it's wrong to try and look away and just hope the world gets back to normal. Yeah. Well, uh, all that being said, it's now time to awkwardly transition to a talk about <laughs> League of Legends esports, <laughs> which is uh, the the main topic tonight. Um, so, either way, thanks everyone for for sticking through and, and watching. Uh, all yeah. right, so in League of Legends news, uh, Uzi retired. What else Big do we one. got? Uh, there was a couple trades, I think, in signings since we last. Yeah, it's been uh, an interesting world thing because I I admit, you know, it, for reasons we were just discussing, it's been hard to, like, find myself paying too much attention to stuff. Like, I didn't even, I'm just going to be honest, like, I didn't watch the C9 TSM show match so i, I heard it, shit. it was a little more meme right <laughs> i don't know i didn't i didn't the only things i watched were like the lck mid mid-season cup things i didn't yeah. watch much else yeah so but i think the uzi stuff is is big what else i was looking at twitch chat right now so oh, yeah someday's contract got extended um was the thing with with huni and eg was that that was last week right uh yeah i think I th oh, I don't know if we talked about... I think we talked about the rumor of it, but it got confirmed, right? So that's something that obviously we could discuss too. Um, uh, let's see, what else? I mean, I think we can talk about some of the... JJ to dig? Oh, yeah, you messaged me about the Aphromoo thing, I think, even. Oh, yeah, that that was the dig one that, that happened um, and what it means for Afro and stuff like yes. that. I continue to hear, by the way, that Xmithy is on the bench at uh, Immortals. So, um, I don't know why this came up, but it was in the crackdown thread, which I didn't watch the show because it's garbage, but I watched, I, I was in the thread and people were talking about some Smithy drama about showing up drunk or something. Did you watch this or know what? No, I, I haven't heard about it. That's wild. Yeah. Though. Yeah. I, I forget. I, I would like, I wish I, I've gotten to that time skip or timestamp. Is the... And then Ole no longer at Dignitas. That's out, right? Yes. Uh, he was tweeting up a storm yes. earlier. 
Yes. Okay. Yeah. That was six days ago. I was trying to remember if that was uh, this past week or not. It's been such a, <laughs> it's been such a wild week that it's like difficult to remember. Well, uh, and we did Wednesday then. last yes. week too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. So, so uh, uh, yeah, I think hungover. I think that's most of it. Um, <sighs> uh, we're also only one week away from the LCS. We'll do another show on next yeah. Monday, I assume. Uh, but if we can also start taking just general takes well, of like, yeah. I think this will. That's like, what I said at the start well. of the show was like, hey, rather than talk. So next week's show, I think we'll talk about week one and what expectations are there and what you think of the matchups and all that stuff. I think uh, if people want to call in with general calls and takes on the start of uh, summer and what they think summer is going to have and all that. I think that that would be great as well. Uh, but I think obviously we're, we're now a little bit into the show. So why don't we start just grabbing calls about all sorts of stuff? Um, if you guys want to do that, I know Mark is probably looking right now, so I'll, I'll mm-hmm. do the, the rundown. You can take a look at the pleb topics channel. If you are not a sub, if you are a sub, be sure to put your take in the subtopics channel. Mark will pull you into the waiting room uh, where just make sure you have your headset unmuted or your speakers unmuted because he'll need to be able to talk to you. And sometimes we pull people in, they've got discord muted. They can't, they won't hear Mark trying to talk to them. Um, and then once we're ready, we'll, we'll bring you onto the show. So that's how that goes. Mark's already grabbing people in the waiting room. Thank you to some folks who subbed uh, Kendo slice gifted out five subs wiggles. Uh, oh, by the way, Kendo, thank you. I think you're part of the reason we probably hit that uh, sub train. Monsalicious, ICDK, uh, Darking, gifted a sub to Jackie, Lane Plox, and uh, St. Louis Slayer. Oh, and then Lane, Lane gifted another one. Dopus is here. Dopus, you've been on the show before, right? Dopus? What? I just I just checked that you were okay. What are you doing, Dopus? Dopus. Let me try moving him. Oh. oh, wait. I saw it light up. Oh, Hello. 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 <laughs> you've been on the show before, right? Yes. Okay, where are you, where are you calling from? Uh, Boise, Idaho. Boise, Idaho. Uh, well, what do you want to talk about on the show tonight? Um, so I want to talk about uh, CLG um, and how they confirmed today that they are not making any changes whatsoever to the roster and how they will once again probably be a 10th place team. Oh, boy. So they officially confirmed it then. Yeah, they said they have um, one new coaching staff member. I think it's X Sojin, who um, he was on. He did he did academy before, right? Coach. Yeah, he was. Yeah, I think so. Coach. Um, they said he was going to work with Wiggly to hopefully improve him specifically, but outside of that, no roster changes. Where I'm trying to see where um, did they confirm this? I'm on the CLG subreddit. So they have a, they had a YouTube video that they posted. Um, oh, and then they took it down, right? They, yeah, they took it down. Uh, I remember that. They? Well, so the, oh, sorry, was, oh. like a, two weeks ago, I think they did this. Yeah, they did something like that, but maybe they they posted it again recently. Dopus. I don't know. I can uh, let me grab the link. Here, let me grab the. No, video. it's okay. I just go ahead and I, let us know what the YouTube video is. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I posted it in the general chat, but um, yeah. So yeah, basically they like they said they just uh said they're not going to make any roster changes outside of that new coaching staff member um and they said they had a lot of faith in the players and are focusing on fundamentals and in my opinion i don't think the roster can be salvaged just focusing on fundamentals and whatnot and even if they do fix a lot of the problems that they had in terms of maybe setups and whatnot i don't think that the roster as a whole has enough star power to perform 
any better than they did last split. Like, I could see them maybe moving up to, like, 8th, maybe, if everything goes super well, but I just really doubt it's going to happen. Especially because they didn't change a massive amount of the coaching staff. They only added, like, one new member. I, uh... uh... I just, I'm kind of like, I knew that this was coming, but it's still in this moment is surprising to hear that they're just not making changes. Like, if you're a CLG fan, first off, it's pretty lonely. Secondly, it's got to feel tough. Uh, Dopest, are you a CLG fan? I'm not. I'm, I'm a TSM fan, but I have a, my, I'll shout out to my boy Noah Shmi8. He's been a hardcore CLG fan, and he literally saw the video and he just said, I'm so depressed. <laughs> It's just yeah, like, I mean, how do you, it's, it's hard to figure out, like, you just can't be happy about that, right? Like, yeah. How do you get excited? Get, get me excited for summer CLG somehow. Yeah. It's like anything would be, I don't know. It's just, it's really tough. I love, I love Matt Exosian, but like, it's just like, you could, I don't know. That's it, not, that's not the, the move I wanted to see if I'm a CLG fan where I'm like, yeah, we got this now into the playoff hunt. I think what's tough for yeah. me is that CLG, it's so hard to be a CLG fan and they just don't make it any easier. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's kind of how I look at that organization right now is it's just like, they don't, they don't do a lot to make you feel hopeful. Yeah. I don't really know if it was maybe even like budgetarily like the why it happened like maybe they just didn't want to look to make any buyouts for other players they thought that they have somewhat okay contracts for the people they have probably especially poe belter who probably was a little bit desperate so he probably didn't sign for a massive amount of money so maybe that has something to do with it but i just don't really understand why they would run it back considering like even even if all the players are good now it seems like it's a bad branding decision on top of a multiple other bad branding decisions to at least make some form of change or even bring on a new member to at least create some form of hype but <laughs> this is like at, so like to your point like, i don't know what they would do to make me excited but like and that's why i think you often see teams in traditional sports just like fire the head coach randomly even though it's a fine head coach you know, they'll just like yeah, anything to make our fans think we're doing something. Like, yeah. so I, I don't think like Seals, should have done that, but it is like without roster changes and things like that, it's hard to make fans feel like there's like, maybe you don't think you're going to win, you know, summer or anything, but at least there's progress for, for fans. Uh, yeah. It's just nothing. Yeah. Like maybe it's unlikely, but they like, at least a decent part of the community still likes Dardock. They could have thought about bringing him, even if it was only to put him on Academy. They could have maybe picked up Viper because some people had problems with Ruin. I think there's some changes they could have made that maybe would have quelled the confusion, but at least anybody I know that's a CLG fan that I've talked to is just like is endlessly disappointed and it feels bad for them. But you know what's interesting? I'm not surprised by this. Are you like Mark, when you not really if if I told you at the end of spring split, guess what? CLG makes no changes before summer. Would you be surprised by? I'd me take saying that, that bet. Yeah, like I, would, just, I would take that bet for sure. You'd take the bet saying you would expect them to make changes. Oh no, I would. I would expect them not to. Yeah, I would. Yeah, yeah. Like it just. I, I think. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we beat up CLG a lot on here. It's out of love. We want it, we want them to be good again. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what they could have done, which is why it's kind of like even more depressing to talk about. Or like, I think the caller has some good points about like bringing some people in through academy, 
But you also have to be like careful about those kinds of messages that you're sending internally to your five man. Like is Wiggly, Wiggly scared for his job is ruined. Now you could argue that they should be, but you know, like any roster move will also put pressure on, on the existing roster. Um, and so like signing Dardock just for a splash, if you're not trying to light a fire under Wiggly's ass is just a, probably a dangerous move to do. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Somebody in the um, Twitch chat said, uh, so Pan, Pancon Chocolate says, uh, one of CLG streamers said that they were going to release all their streamers. Um, I saw that thread, but then Tafo commented in it and said that they were not releasing all of them. They were keeping some of them and they have a different strategy or something like that. I don't know. But yeah, it's just, it's tough. It's tough. Oh, I see Summer It's pinned. CLG Summer Split update. Um. Yeah. The top comment update. is there's no update. The top comment is well, all I can do is be hopeful, but I have to say this is uninspiring as fuck. Yeah, that's the that's like the most optimistic comment you can get right now. Yeah, I don't know. This again, the sad thing is I like a lot of the people over at CLG, um, and their staff and stuff, and so it's tough because you know I want to be critical of the org, and and I am, but uh, it just. It sucks. And I kind of feel bad for the people that are working over there because, um, you know, as much as it sucks to be a fan of CLG, what's it like <laughs> working at that organization where it just feels like they can't do things that are exciting? Uh, I don't know. It's just I, know. Tough. I, I can't imagine what it's like being a player right now, too, for the team. Yeah. As, I mean, I will say. Maybe... Sorry, go ahead. go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, I can see them making eighth and making playoffs. Like, I actually don't think that's totally, like, out there, depending on what happens with Immortals and, uh, you know, some other teams. I think they can make the make the climb into playoffs. Um, I don't think they'll get anything done really in there, but I don't think that they're automatic 10th, um, I guess, is the, the positive spin I can yeah. put on it. I don't know if anybody's ever like, automatic 10th because there's well, sometimes just a race sure. to the bottom for some of these teams, right? Like... You, it's it's fascinating sometimes to see how how much. On the other hand, I I keep forgetting this. I think CLG won three games, right? Last last split, I think it was three. So maybe yeah, they was, are. I think it's three. It was yeah. three. They had one win. Pobelter joined. They picked up two pretty quick and then didn't win again the rest of the yeah. season. I think. Yeah. Maybe. They're the one. Maybe they are automatic tenth place. Although, I mean, I, I Dignitas is like burning through. their home down, so it's just crazy. Yeah, Dignitas yeah. is in wholesale mode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> LS says like, they can... won one, but one was with Soraka. So they their record's yeah. really 2 and 15. There's just one game missing. Gotcha. Ugh, CLG. All right, whatever. Anyway, Dopus, sorry. Any final thoughts before we move on to the next caller? Um, yeah, so the only last thought I had about it, and maybe on the point of you said it might suck a little bit to work at CLG, is the parent company, uh, Metal Skin Square Garden. A lot of people were confused why they didn't post anything in support of the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, specifically, CLG was the only LCS team that didn't do that, and uh, it was kind of released that it had something to do with Madison Square Garden specifically saying they didn't want to be involved with any political outreach um which they sent to like players the and uh, or and other staff um, to their credit so, they so. did black out um or post like a, a black image on the instagram 
And then they didn't post True. on Twitter during that time. But yes, they have avoided. I, that seems to be, and I, you got to wonder if that was them just sort of pushing it against MSG's reins. Yes, yeah. I, I know that my the players individually did that, like smoothie. But yeah, yeah, it's that's another just like adding onto the pile of just man, this shit fucking sucks, man. Yep. Yeah, it's such such fun. Anyway, thanks, Dopus, for the call. Yep. Have a great night, guys. Have a good one. All right. Peace out. Uh, let's move on to the next caller. Mark is off to, to go grab them. Um, Hefty Chen in the chat. Hello, Hefty Chen. Uh, some people are asking why we don't have a guest on. Honestly, I'm just going to be like blunt with you guys. We reached out to a couple people, and people just don't really feel comfortable like going out and talk doing a bunch of content right now and I, I kinda understand it. So it's not we don't yeah. it's not that we don't have a guest because we didn't try. It's just um people I mean like people opting to not, not talk. I spent I spent a lot of time thinking about what I was gonna say for that like little fifteen minute spiel I did. And yeah. I, I still like even now thinking back on it did not fucking come across any way that I wanted to. <laughs> yeah. So like I understand people who don't want to Yeah. You know, they they prefer to amplify black voices rather than try and get out here and say say yeah. their own spiel, especially since a lot of them are not actually public figures like Travis Rafi or Coach. You're not really so. I don't. Ghost I, Han I get why people is here. Ghost Hello. Han, have you been on the show before? Or are you a sub? I maybe both. Yeah, I've been on the show like a few times. Okay, well, great, great to talk to you. Where are you calling from? Uh, New York City. Um, how how's everything in New York? I, it seems like it's been a crazy um... year for that city. My neighborhood in particular hasn't been hit by any protests or rioting that bad, but I live next to Bushwick, which is near it, but that's more near Barclays Center and um, the southern part of Manhattan, yeah. like Soho, which has been getting like a lot of stuff. Overall, like New York City could be better. The mayor could be doing better. The governor could be doing better. The police could be doing better. Yeah. Well, what do you want to talk about on the show? So what I want to talk about is I said last week Dig was not a garbage fire. So I want to talk about a team I think will be a garbage fire, which is Immortals. Okay. <laughs> I, I think, by the way, the the evidence has only piled up more in favor of uh, Dignitas being a... a we, did we didn't say garbage pile. I thought we said dumpster fire. And dumpster we weren't fire. talking about the team's personnel necessarily yeah we're talking about like that they, they seem to be in a disastrous down it might still fire. apply but we didn't say it that yeah <laughs> yeah Fair they, enough. they i think i think that they it just seems like everything's melting over there but anyway uh sorry continue we were talking about immortals yeah so i think immortals is in a very poor position for this coming summer split um, for I think like a, a wide variety of reasons. I think the solo laners specifically, um, like we have a mid laner that has been performing too well that came from Europe from not even like like an LEC team from like an EU Masters team I believe, and then we have a top laner who's been in the league a long time whose career basically ended in Europe and then he went to you know Immortals, um, and also like. I just don't see that much of a motivation on, on, on from some of the players too, because at, at this point, I it's just becoming like a bit of a French retirement home. You know? French retirement home. Um, I, I mean, sorry, is any of this? I mean, it sounds like a lot of what you're echoing are just the concerns that people had with the team in spring. Pro 
prior. But what what's happening right now is we saw their performance now, and Immortals has not made many changes. To me, I think their academy is actually pretty good, right? Well, we I've have... heard that they're they're not using Apollo and Hakaho as well. So it's really yes. This is this is what I've heard is that right now Xmithy, Apollo, and Hakaho are not in their scrims. Interesting. Who is then? Who's yeah? I look up their their academy team again really quick. Yeah, I guess we. So would, they're, they're, all came from academy. So is, is it yeah, all tech yeah. back or? I I don't I don't know. I've just heard that those three players are not seeming to be on the main main lineup at the moment. I don't know if they're experimenting without them or what is happening, but. Um, yeah, I, I I think I think their mid laner in their academy insanity though is better than Ika and should for sure be given a chance. And if they're if from what it sounds like they should do the fighting for your spot type thing that Dig is at least doing. Um, I know that's like a bit of like a meltdown over there in terms of players and stuff like that. But I I think Immortals if they don't change anything they will be in tenth place. They will one hundred percent be in tenth place. CLG will even be better than them because. There's motivational problems from what I heard about the Xmithy stuff. Um, so as an Ica are on the on the downward trajectory. I thought bot lane was doing okay, but those might be getting switched out. So I'm just concerned about the team and not changing things. But if they're changing things, then I don't know what the direction that they should be heading in is. I wonder if... So I, I remember I did an interview with Xmithy, and I think it was after they, what, they didn't make it to playoffs, right? Or did they just lose in no. the very beginning of it? Yeah. So it was when they didn't make it to playoffs, I think the interview I did with him had him basically saying something about how, like, he really feels like he needs to see change because he's not sure how much longer he can keep doing this, like, all the losing and not being in a good place. And uh, I wonder if that has reflected either motivational issues or... You know, we don't know. Perhaps he went to his team and asked for a trade, and the team declined, and now he's not he's interested like, not in. Then. Yeah, he's just not interested in performing again. This is incredible speculation. Okay, like I don't want people to take this. As, <laughs> I think like, you mean incredibly speculative, unless you're saying that your speculation is incredible. <laughs> it is incredible that I am reaching this speculative. speculative <laughs> I don't know if you want what, what's modifying what speculation. Here? But I think, uh, I just, I, I wonder what's going on there. Um, yeah, I mean, who knows? It might just be the kind of thing where Immortals is like, I don't know why you would punt the season already, uh, but if they want to develop younger talent, like, I don't know who they might have gotten on Academy. Maybe I've just missed it, but I just tried to look and I didn't see anything. But if they have someone younger that they're going to put in there with Insanity and they want, so as an Icarus, or, um, yeah, so as an Icarus stay, as their imports, then I, I get it a little bit. I think Soaz is still pretty good. Um, I d like when he joined, I had the problem of like, I don't think Soaz is a primary carry, um, but he's still a good player. You know, like, like let me would be an example of that. Like, he can still be a good player. So I definitely think that a little bit that his role on the team is not, he did play Camille sometimes and did try to hard carry. And those were some of the few games that, that they were able to win was off his back. But I don't think he, you know, that's, that's not what the role he should be playing every single game. You know, he's not the shy or something. Yeah. Like, isn't like immortals, like on average, like one of the oldest teams in LCS, like, I don't think they're investing enough in young talent right now, even on their Academy. 
Yeah, I think it's a I I always get wary of that type of reasoning because people we flame don't know people whenever they won't get like experienced players or whatever and they flame people when they get players that like in a lot of cases having an older t- like TL was the oldest team in the LCS uh, I think for the full 2 years that they were existing. So I don't think necessarily like the age of the players or the amount of veterans they have is necessarily indicative of like whether or not the team is good or trying or something, you know? Yeah, I can understand the point that like if you find yourself uncompetitive, the best thing to do is to put in the younger guys and give them more playing time. You do see this in traditional sports. I, I have that fear because like I was a Brooklyn Net fan back in the day and when the whole Paul Pierce and the Kevin Garnett oh, thing yeah. happened, it, it, it kind of just scarred me for life a little bit. Because, like, I, I just feel like that you need to keep investing in young talent. Even the Academy doesn't have that much young talent. I think the youngest is Potluck, who was born in 98. Um, and, I, and, I, and I think that's what Academy should be. And that's why, and, like, obviously, like, Diggs Academy is weird. But, like, Immortals Academy has good players. I, I think they should switch them out and just give them a shot. Which they did for the bot lane, to be fair. But... Do it for jungle, do it for mid lane, because I, I think Insanity really does deserve, specifically deserve a time over Ica. I think also young talent is, I mean, like, Gate and Alltech aren't necessarily young. I think that, you know, if they deserve a shot or not can be separate from, from age or anything like that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, any final thoughts, Ghost Hun? Um... Anything you want to shout out? Nah, just I hope the LA police chief that said that weird stuff gets fired. Did you watch the Zoom call after? Yeah, that was hilarious. That was some good shit right there. I yield my time. Yeah. (laughs) I Uh, guess on that note, I yield my time on this show. There there are a lot of good ones. Thanks, Ghost Hunt, for the call. Mm -hmm. Have a good one. Have a good one. All right. uh, Four more callers. We'll take one, and then we'll do our first break of the evening. Okay. Um, I saw LS wanted to come on. I told him, uh, or was down to come on. I told him, come up with a, a take and we'll grab him for a call. Uh, could be in response to something he hears here if he wants to disagree with it. Um, uh, he what, what I will caution is him calling in with a, a big expansive take on a very specific LCK or LPL issue, I think is is uh, perhaps this is not the show for that. So I would just ca- caution him on that. Bubbles is here. Bubbles, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Parker, Colorado. Uh, Parker or Barker? Parker, P-A-R-K-E-R. Parker. I turned you up a bit. You were a little quiet. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, so I'm calling in because I feel like TSM giving up Darduck, Dardock and bringing in Spica is only going to make it so they can't improve and are still not going to be able to be close to winning summer. Sorry, uh, it's TSM bringing in... It's bringing in Spica. Okay, gotcha. So they won't be close to winning. Where do you think they will be? I feel like, if anything, they may finish fourth or fifth, but I don't feel they're finishing uh, top three. They don't go to Worlds because their jungle position is not strong enough with Spica in it. Correct. Hmm. Mark? Sorry, I was spaced out. Uh, I just saw the LS stuff in Pleb Topics. Yeah. Um, so the, the I, take to refresh to to let you know is I heard a uh, Dardock was good. Speak a bad. Speak speak a bad. TSM not in top three. 
Um, top three. So C9. C- yeah, this is where you have to kind of like the problem uh, is I don't know if any other team. My concern bubbles is I don't look at any of the other teams outside of C9 and say, well, like that's they're definitely that's top getting three top three, sure, yeah. right? Like, uh, I I don't you know obviously we got FlyQuest and EG who finished top three last time, and I just don't like I don't think they have a defensible enough positions to stop somebody else from sneaking into one of those spots, right? And so. That's why it's difficult to say, you know, TSM can't find their way yeah. in because I just don't, I don't know if there's so, like that strong enough a competition. Yeah, I'll, I'll disagree on the top three point just off the lack of other competition that is like surefire top three to push them out. But I think the, I also might disagree with the point that Speaker will make TSM worse. Um, I think it really depends on how the other lanes function together my there's something like obviously we we talked about a little bit but there were more problems with tsm uh and dardock between the members and stuff like that than they showed publicly that people have in the past but they were still there uh peter doublest another strong voice he probably has a way that he wants to play the game um i'm sure speaker will be in a lot of ways a lot easier um to kind of move around the map as as the rest of the team wants and i don't know how tsm's going to play is double if going to be played around heavily? Is it still going to be uh, broken blade like we're talk uh, was kind of traditionally? Um, and on top of that, if the rest of the team plays well, as long as Speak is not a dumpster fire, I feel like this team should still be better. Um, I, I mean, it's it's partially falling for the big names on this roster, but like. Double if Biofrost and Bjergsen together, I still kind of get those 2016, 2017 flashbacks of awesomeness. It is Broken Blade now compared to Haunter, but I don't think that's a massive change or anything. Um, Sven Scare and Tespika sounds like a big downgrade to me. Um, but they're not, they don't need to go 16 and 2, or 16, 17 and 1, excuse me, to make top 3 in playoffs and do stuff like that. So uh, that's why I'm a little, I, I'm not bought in. I think that they'll, they can still be good. Then they were they'll be better than they were last split, even if Spika is not significantly better than Dardock or anything. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I I just think I think it's really hard to say with TSM. I think because the league is in such a weird place right now, with staying at like everybody playing from home. You know, you've got I think a generally fairly weak league compared to previous years, at least in terms of competition. You've got C9 that's just so far ahead of the pack. It just makes it so difficult for me to to feel confident in any prediction saying like that saying something like TSM will not make top three, you know. Bubbles, any thoughts? Yeah. I just feel like with how Blabber played last season, because I am a big C9 fan, but Blabber kind of showed this is two semesters or not semesters splits in a <laughs> row that uh, uh that um they're kind of like semesters the, kind of worst word yeah but that the junglers play a huge impact on the power of a of a team and i feel that speak is just not going to be able to bring enough to the table with not enough stage time and if they're online they may have more of a chance with speaker because he won't have to play in front of a crowd um, but I still don't feel like I feel there are still better junglers on the table that like who 
I feel a Smithy. Is he on the um, table? He's not on the table for a trade, but I feel like getting giving up Dardock, and I've heard Dardock wasn't comfortable there, and I understand that portion of it. I just don't know if Speaker was the right move. I don't. I haven't heard a lot of junglers that are on the table for trade. I just don't know where Spica fits in because I don't feel he's shown enough. I mean, that's, so that's, that's the, the challenge, right? Like, I I don't think that TSM, and I don't have any inside information or anything like that, but I don't think that they would have Spica starting if they had access to somebody who was a stronger player or, like, a longer veteran. You know, I'm sure if they could get access... Like, it's hard for me to imagine that they didn't reach out to Immortals and ask about Xmithy. Um, I think that it's difficult Fair. for me to imagine a world where that didn't happen and uh, for whatever reason immortals and maybe immortals is ready to trade him if they're not going to play him i don't know but um or maybe tsm isn't willing to pay the money that immortals thinks he should but um uh, i just i i don't know i think it's a an interesting situation for sure definitely uh you want any final thoughts anything you want to say before we move on to our next caller uh, just shout out to Draft Buffs and Alienware, and I'm glad this show's around. Yeah, thank you. Have you, Bubbles, have you made your Draft Buff account yet? I'm actually, as soon as I get done on here, I'm going to go do it. I've been excited for something that's a, a LCS draft again. I did it when it first came out, and when it went away, I kind of was very sad. Thank you. I appreciate uh, the plug. Anyway, have a good one. You too. Thank you. Thanks. All right. Um, speaking of sponsors. We're going to take a moment to chat about Alienware. There's an Alienware PC behind me. I think it, we might be down to the, the final couple of of Hextech chests and keys, but I think you can go check them out still at alienwarearena.com slash Travis if you haven't made an account yet and you live in North America. Go check out alienwarearena.com slash Travis. You can get a free Hextech chest and key just for signing up. Um, and if you're having any issues with it, which I know, I know a couple of people had a couple issues, maybe with not getting the text message or something, but tweet at Alienware and they can help you out. Uh, but other than that, I just want to once more shout out all the cool stuff that uh, is available over at Alienware.com uh, slash Travis. That's my, my link. If you're unfamiliar with it, I'll go ahead and put it in the chat. Uh, the And it's also, by the way, in the description of the YouTube video, if you're uh, paying attention to that. Uh, you can also use Travis 10 off to save 10% on their stuff, but they have new Alienware Auroras that are now available. And in the past, they they were limited to some of the higher end specs when they first announced it. But now, I think as of uh, the end of last week, you can now build out the rest of those. So be sure to check out Alienware.com uh, slash Travis. Use code Travis 10 off. And again, if you want a Hextech chest and key, you can use uh, AlienwareArena.com, two separate links. AlienwareArena.com, AlienWare.com slash Travis. Um, but you can go grab a Hextech chest and key for free, which is uh, pretty swell. Oh, yeah, by the way, I loaned Kelby. So Kelby has been quarantining in Montreal. And I actually think it turned out to be a brilliant idea, given how everything ended up going in the U.S. But um, he, I loaned him my Area 51M. And he just said in chat, I've been using it since mid-March while in Canada, and it is amazing. And so uh, that's a that's a, re a review from somebody who gets a cut of my Alienware deal, 
but does not get paid directly. Anyway, uh, <laughs> thanks to Alienware for sponsoring the show. <laughs> what are you trying to make with that? What? It's just like, listen to this guy who gets a cut of my deal talk about how great Alienware is. But I mean, it. I the the thing is, Kelby's not the type of person to say that if he was having issues with it the whole time. He he loves like. He plays Siege and all these like shooters and stuff that are that actually do require. When we were playing Valorant where you actually do need a powerful setup, and he's been in love with how good um, the frame rate and everything <laughs> is on it. So, all right, I'll let it go. Kelby's protest. You'll let guy. you'll let go my spot my sponsor plug. Yeah, we'll let it go. I'll let it. I'll let it you slide. get you, oh. that helps pay you. <laughs> I was I'm waiting for you to turn you, a gr- you'll back let around go on my me. Sponsor uh, plug. I thought it was I thought it was a layup slam dunk for you to turn it back around on me and then you didn't right away. I was like, oh okay, I guess we'll move on. Red Rain <laughs> Final Fantasy fourteen, thank you for the five gifted subs, followed up by the official bubbles, who I assume was the person that was just on the call, who also gifted five subs. Thanks everyone for subbing. As sirens go on in my background. I hear so many sirens in the city this this week. It's been crazy. Yeah, it's a layup slam dunk, Raz. You you go for the layup, you miss, rolls off the rim, the other guy gets the follow-up. Hey, hey Mark, maybe we grab the next call. Alley oop slam you know, whatever. Fuck fuck all. Can you go grab uh, the next the next call? It's LS. He's he's muted right now. Uh LS, if you're listening. LS, unmute can you in unmute in the waiting room? We need you to unmute. What do you want, Kelby? Can I just say something? Yeah. I literally bought one of these laptops because my experience with it was so good. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So, tell. yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I have a desktop at home with an i9-9900K in it and a 2080 Ti. When I came to Canada, I literally barely noticed a performance difference in using the 51M between my, like, super beefed out desktop. Uh, like, it's, it's, and I, and because of that experience, I literally spent my own money on it, so. I just, I just wanted to say. It's a good call out. Thanks, Kelby, hey, for dropping into the channel uh, uninvited. Have a good time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> got to change some settings on this Discord. We have uh, imposters coming in. Mark's getting LS on right now, by the way. John G365, thank you for the 12 months. Blair, thank you for the, like, giving the sub to LS. And uh, I think I think that's oh pancon chocolate also sub- subscribed. Mark Mark and Alice must be having a heated discussion because oh here we go. Unmute, but I don't know if he can hear me in the waiting room when I went to try and talk to him because I heard him laughing at something. You <laughs> hear Ellis laughing, but he's not he talking wasn't re- to you. Gord. Okay, I don't wonder what he's laughing at. It, sorry, I. This is not normally how it goes. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hello, LS. Welcome to the show. Where are you calling from? Korea. <laughs> great, great to hear. Uh, uh, first time caller. Yeah. Long time. What do you? Yeah, this is my first time calling. What do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, I mean, I, I wrote in the chat that I mean, I could talk about NA infrastructure and academy and like disagreements that are present within the teams. Like I talked about this on Pog State, but it was omitted from the final cut. Um, and I think this is interesting because Apto, uh, for instance, has recently started streaming on Twitch TV. Um, and he had a I think it's just segment... called Twitch now, by the way. They dropped the TV. Oh. Oh, what? okay. Well, really? <laughs> yeah, it's been, that's been that way for like three but years. They still dropped their the TV URL. For... 
Yeah, okay. it's in the URL, but you don't say, like, I went to lolesports.com. I guess you maybe do. Whatever. Anyway, continue, LS. <laughs> fucking point yeah. is that. Um, so Apto actually recently talked about, like, coaching and infrastructural problems as well and cited that there's, like, a need for change of it, even inside of Korea. And I think that even in Korea, it's a area that is not talked about a lot, but Korea's academy and infrastructure system, barring the coaching staffs and, and managements, I think is actually way more set up than anything EU or NA has seen. For instance, Gen.G has four teams. Most people don't know that. Uh, T1 has, I think, three. Um, I believe APK has three. I think Afrika has five. Um, and th these are players that are all Diamond 1+. plus um on the ladder so lots of unknown players are like locked up in a part of academy teams with uh internal scrims and with staff and like other stuff um and i, I think that na's approach to academy and infrastructure because you guys were talking about it earlier on the stream i think is obviously really poor uh, and i've been pretty outspoken about it in the last like two months i had like the round table i had to talk with hotshot um and it doesn't seem like anything's getting fixed um, and I think it's it's even more sad that people who do exist who probably should be looked at, and I'm not talking about like the toxic ones or the successful streamers that wouldn't join pro scene anyway, um, don't get noticed. Um, and there's no way for them to get through the door. Okay, so a couple uh, different things there. One, I know you've been talking about this for two two months and you haven't seen it change. I got to tell you, man, I've been a personality and ranted about many things for many, many years and... People don't listen. Uh, I would not. I'd, I don't expect change within two months uh, on on League of Legends esports. Yeah, things, but it's no one listens to you. People listen to LS. So when he says these are things that people should change, I would expect people <laughs> to listen a little bit more. Uh, so I have a question a little bit about the Korean infrastructure. You said that they have internal scrims. Are they on site or are they like um, remote? Just so like I'm I wondering, believe... like what they do. Um, I believe fourth team and fifth team, not every single org has fourth and fifth, but third forward is on site. Third, I think, commutes. Second lives on site. First lives on site. And third, yeah. I believe, commutes. The only North American team I know recently who has had multiple teams, because back when there was like Challenger scene, Lick, uh, Steve Liquid112 had like Lol Pro and Curse Academy and stuff. Um, but the only other team since then that I know of is uh, C9. People yeah, are saying C9 Hundred has Thieves. a couple different, right? Yeah, Hundred so. has three. Oh and yeah. Do you know what? I was about to say, do you know what they're doing with them, or is it like, like, are they getting internal scrims? Because I feel like that's a big part of what. Like, if you just sign five young guys, is that just trying to, you know, like get first dibs at them if they actually pop off, or is that? Okay, Papa um, Smithy's in chat and says, yes, they're getting internal scrims, I think. So that's what that yeah. guess is. They, they seem to play in, like, tournaments, like NA online tournaments thing. I think there was, a, there was a tweet made by Tenacity once, who was recently almost, like, rank one, right, on the ladder. Or maybe he hit it. I, I'm not sure. Um, so I think 100 Thieves is doing a really good job there. 100 Thieves also has the facility. I'm unsure if they're, they're going to become on site. Uh, but I imagine that their their LCS and Academy are on site. TSM has well, no one's on site right team. now. Oh, really? Everyone's home. Yeah. Well, he means just because of the yeah Corona. Oh, okay, okay. Um, yeah, I, I believe TSM has three. Right? They have uh, LCS Academy Junior. Um, Do they still yeah. have the Junior stuff? I 
Because I know they did it. Like, the problem thing is part of the reason it's hard to track this is I feel like I hear orgs announce this stuff and then quietly stop doing it pretty soon after. So it's difficult to keep up with what's actually happening at any given time. Someone in Twitch chat says that they have a few players but no official team. Yeah. Or, like, not a full team, which is, like, at that point... I don't know what you're doing other than what are they doing? Watching scrims and I sitting mean, in on it, calls. Established 1999, 1919 says the junior stuff isn't a team. It's contract jailing prospects. So, <laughs> so actually that, but that does bring up my next point, which is Ellis, is there ever any conversation around? Because I think in North America, we talk a lot about, you know, people were frustrated that cloud nine Academy had a bunch of players on it that were not, able to join other teams or whatever and it created this big discussion jack was saying he wasn't getting offers other people were implying that he was and so a lot of people talked a lot about like we've got great talent but it's now stuck in these organizations who don't want to trade them or something so does that ever happen in korea do you think is there ever an issue where you're like wow these guys have 25 (laughs) players or something signed to their org um, I, I think it, it does happen in Korea. Um, I think that actually the fact that there's so many academy systems, one, one of um, one of the things that interestingly got brought up in the LCK when a lot of players that were very known for aggressive play and very known for trying to, trying to take trades and stuff, they became much more reserved in the middle of the split and towards the end of the split. And um, one of the behind-the-scenes uh, comments um, from some Korean uh, like pro friends that I have that are friends with them uh, that would talk with them basically said that they're afraid because there are so many trainees that are Grandmaster and Challenger and the way that Korea works is if you're just performing bad, you're just going to get kicked. They, they don't really care. Um, so what ends up happening is these star level, elite level players don't want to be the reason for a loss and so they just start playing more reserved. Um, mm. And I think this cycles back to something that becomes very toxic where they're now playing with job security whereas korea i don't think it's ever really been that way um and i think it's a byproduct of how many academy teams these lck teams have and with the announcement of franchising a lot of the teams that didn't have academy teams have now begun to pick them up um there's also western players in some of these korean academy teams and it's completely unknown and it's never talked about um, there is a French mid laner on Gen G. Never oh, talked about. We have a French either. mid laner. Oh what? It's a Ica more. <laughs> <less work. laughs> no, 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 no. But uh, Western players being in uh, China and Korea, I think, isn't really talked about. There's actually an NA jungler who is 17, who is challenger on NA. He's also challenger on Ionia, and I believe he's grandmaster on Korea. And he made an LFT tweet for Academy or something in North America, and no one responded to it. And he had like 100 followers on Twitter. No one, no one noticed. No one cared. And I remember bringing this up to Lena when I talked to her when I was doing the talk with Doublelift. And I, I don't know. Nothing ever came from it. Like, how can a player like that not get picked up? No one talks about him. No one yeah. notices him. And then he just comes right back to China. What, what the fuck are you doing? And I'm, I'm not like, referring to TSM. Just, what the fuck is everyone doing? Right. It's like if we don't have, I've always, like, I would, I've talked a lot about population and how that can potentially affect like the amount of diamonds in the rough that you can even find. But like that makes it even more egregious when you, you fucking fail to find but, one. But to shout out, like we have been trying to do more of this as a league and region recently, right? Like I think the closer pickup, the broken blade pickup before it, 
like Papa Smithy very clearly has been finding uh, yeah, but some players. To, to Ellis's point, like this is a this was a North American player or a Chinese player who came over looking for a team. When you said mm-hmm. he he had a high server account you said it was a north american player right uh caucasian north american i don't know if he actually speaks chinese right okay um but he would boot camp and play in china there's also there's a 15 year old german kid um that is on jdg academy third team Uh, i believe he's a jungler he also plays cross server on korea um and he's diamond one master um and he's asked me like what do i do to get into national teams and i i actually talked to his dad because his dad signed him out of school um and no one knows about the kid and i've tried to talk to teams and they just don't fucking listen and i'm like if if and this will maybe sound egotistical but if 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 i can't get a fucking team to listen um i think with my list of like scouted players that i've i've championed in the past like i don't fucking know what needs to happen so this is something that i talked about last offseason in north america uh, about just like where is our budgets going like whenever i see these massive team facilities like yes you should shell out for your players and give them you know your your the best that they can get but like why do you not have a million dollar scouting budget as well of some kind like take shave one million off your 40 million dollar facility 50 million I love 50, making fun of the TSM $50 million facility. <laughs> Take $1 million of that and pay people like LS and others. Get like a little network going of people in the know. Pay people high in solo queue for information about who's standing out to them and like have a system prepared for that kind of stuff, um, which is why it's, it's always insane when you like, you know, talk about people not getting scouted. And I think the same can apply to some of these third string teams um about bringing them on site like if you have a 50 million dollar budget can you not afford to bring five more people in who probably don't require much in the terms of salary to train up or something and is that not a better long-term investment than i don't know another fridge or something i don't know i think a lot of academy players and even solo queue players that are really good could actually be coached to a level of of um with with proper infrastructure proper scrim setups and proper uh practice um, I think that they could be brought up to a level to where they could play in LCS and the nature of LCS where players play more reserved, they're safer on stage than they are in scrims and other stuff. Um, I think that they could grapple with the players and you wouldn't notice that much of a difference. And whether or not that's healthy or not, um, I think is a different topic, but I think it it brings a lot of credence to the fact that these players would be eligible to play and you wouldn't notice. And I think that there's been examples of this from Academy players that have stepped into the LCS done reasonably fine and nothing gets talked about again um because everything is always cited as different reasons yeah, for i was gonna ask do you, do you feel like the lcs academy system has been good at finding talent and like a good thing for the region no i think it's i think it's really bad and um from stuff that i know like behind the scenes of course uh there's there i think that nepotism gets a lot more scary um when it enters into academy and i think that there's also like a lot of scary comments that get said in academy where academy players are complacent with not moving up to lcs and they're fine just getting the academy paychecks and like the housing provided and whatnot um, i uh I, I talked to a couple gms when i was going on this rant in the off season and they were they were saying like it's like sometimes academy players just like aren't scrimming like and it's not yeah. just on the players it's also on the staff like and this is why i think it's you know it's such a hard problem to fix is even if you know i'm talking about oh spend more money well you can't 
you can't buy competence if you if it doesn't exist right now or there's a, right. a larger demand than there's a supply and so go ahead mark sorry i was gonna say the, the all i was saying was that like i heard about like all these things was like these guys aren't playing they're not scrimming springs get canceled all the time someone has diarrhea they don't play you know like it's insane uh how often academy is is kind of doing nothing yeah, um, and, that, and I yeah, guess that, that's what my concern is, is that building out extra teams whenever we seem to not be able to have a great, do a great job of supporting our our first layer outside the LCS, making second and third layers, I worry, like, won't be beneficial until we have, like, a better system in place for Academy. Yes. So I guess that's where I would I would want to see teams focus before they like add third or fourth tier teams. And maybe you can do both at the same time, but like, yeah, that's just my concern. Well, so like Ellis made good points about scouting and finding better players and bringing them in. Uh, I admit I may not have watched the full round table with hotshot confession. Uh, did you guys talk about <laughs> like the more coaching staff infrastructure side of like, the yeah. problems that you see, because you were talking about some of the problems with the the Korean coaching. So I was wondering what what you thought and problems were and solutions were so, for North America. So interestingly, I I um I had a video earlier on in the year when I was doing all the coach streams and when um I was I was casting LCK and whatnot, uh, where I talked about coaching problems uh, when it came to strategical coaches and analysts, um, and. After I made this, there was actually the interview on Reddit with the shy where uh, it was translated. He said pretty similar stuff. And then just uh, four days ago, I could send you guys the clip on Discord or something. Um, Apto went into a rant um, about Korean coaches. Um, oh, I did see that. Yeah, yeah. He he went in, he went into a rant basically saying um, they their their title coach should be stripped from them. They shouldn't call themselves coaches. Um, they have authority without earning it. They have no reason to have the power that they do, and they should be name changed to uh, caretaker or like maid um, because they don't do anything. Um, and he was basically saying that in that way, they should be blamed and flamed by like the community um, because they are given power and authority to override things, and yet they never do it. Um, or they do it for nepotent reasons or job security reasons, and that's obviously unhealthy. And I think that this is way more worse in the West than what people know due to the fact that you can't find publicly available content of most uh, coaches and analysts. And when you do see behind-the-scenes things, it looks really bad. Why are the players basically self-coaching? Um, what, what do you think of G2? Because supposedly like their coaching system is more... He just acts as like a facilitator. Grabs just acts as like a he mediator almost in that conversation. And the the players tend to self coach a little bit more, or like the team is more coached by collective voice. I guess. I think that G. Well, I think when when you have five super elite level players that all have a like minded will to win, um, and when when you have players that are going to actively seek out content and seek out you know new ways to do things and whatnot um i think that's fine but not every single team has five players that are arguably top three in their roles and even off roles not every yeah. team has that that's just not normal so i think that g2 is an outlier not really a rule but i do think that g2 could be better if there was also someone else even there um like to, to come in and play that role. I don't think that they need it because first off, no one else has it. 
um, going on. And then the the secondary thing is their players are just way too good. I think that if you if you remove T1's coaching staff, T1's still probably going to win LCK. You know, like um, I think if you remove Genji's coaching staff, Genji's still probably going to place high. Like their, their players are just really good. And when you have interviews come out that go against popular um, consensus, like IG saying that they don't even talk to each other in the same language, or sometimes uh, rookie won't translate between the players. There's no communication issues because League of Legends ultimately is a language in itself. You either get it or you don't. Um, and I think that when you have Chinese and Korean players come out basically saying that there's no feedback from coaches because there's no translator. I mean, this speaks a lot more credence to something is going on. Um, yeah, I... Uh... I just think it's it's an interesting discussion. I'm glad you're raising it. And it's I've one that I feel like a lot of people have been having for the past year. I almost feel like League of Legends coaching has been kind of having an identity crisis since uh yeah. like the the I really think back to that Rift Rivals Hotline League we did, Mark, where like Doublelift and the EU coaches had this really big discussion yeah. about the state of coaching across the different regions and stuff and it just well, makes me think one a lot thing about that happened stuff. with like North America that I was there for was like as infrastructure was leveling up, people looked to traditional sports a lot for like modeling what it was going to be like. And I think people took that too far and they're like, look at, look at professional coaches in, in football. They control like Bill Belichick controls everything. We're all going to find our own Bill Belichick and he's going to like control everything. He's going to be the genius. He's going to do all this shit. He's going to tell the players exactly how to play. And we're going to all, every team is going to find their own guy who's going to be like this. And, it was like what I was saying about the supply and demand thing. And I've, I've heard a lot of players still echoing this, even as recently as last split, you know, veteran players who are like, so many coaches come in and they're expected to be the solution to the team's problems. Um, and they can't, they can't possibly provide that, but they either are expected to or think they can. And it makes things... Uh, not go well and there's a lot of like nitpicking hindsight bias you'll hear a lot of players in north america complain about where they're like uh spending 30 minutes on like if this gank was a good idea or like should they have fought this bot lane 2v2 with like given their board coverage and like those are maybe fine conversations but they get derailed for 30 minutes of nitpicking yeah, and I so interestingly, one of the the, the hot topics um, that I think is sort of new because if you guys have been following, there's like the chess boom right now yeah. on Twitch, and one of the parallels that I really like is sort of like paraphrasing. I think something Hikaru said, um, but also something that like I've echoed over the years. Um, a lot of people think that um, coaches have a lot of game knowledge because, or or that you can you can watch games and understand really what is going on, and then somehow manipulate that and then uh analyze it and feed it back to the players right but when you watch one of these top chess streams like hikaru magnus carlson botez um any any of these big chess streamers that explain moves to you you watch the AlphaGo documentary you can understand what happens after the fact you can you can digest and you can know what they just told you and then you can probably play it back shortly thereafter the fact but there's a difference between knowing what they just told you and processing what they just told you and accepting it versus understanding and discerning if there's errors in it or the foundation upon which it's founded, which is why you can't just watch these chess streams and then suddenly magically get good. It's why you can't go on YouTube, watch a thousand hours of chess, and then suddenly become a, a, a master or something. And I think that in coaching and analysis, it's the same goddamn thing. After a play happens, someone can process it, know it, and then 
for the most part, tell you what happened, right? That's not game knowledge. Can you watch something happen, unfold, and then discern whether or not it was right or wrong? And can you say what most likely was going to happen 10 seconds in advance, 15, 20 seconds? Can you, can you lay out the groundwork for what causes it to happen? And I think that in coaching and analysis in League of Legends, these questions aren't brought up enough, and the, the people that are supposed to be doing this don't because they can't. Um, and thus, what ends up happening is most things get player-led. And anytime you see behind-the-scenes footage and behind-the-scenes videos like uh, that teams are doing in content, it's mostly player-led discussions. And coaches can obviously process and know things that are happening. It's fucking useless. Things don't change that way, which is actually why the roster shuffle um, in LCS of all the coaching staffs and analysts this last season, 2020, is a joke. Because apparently these players that have or people that have team hopped for so many different teams with no identity, no clarity, like what Travis was saying, they're brought into this team and everyone expects change. Fucking from what? There was no identity on it ever throughout the course of all these other teams and these histories and instances, right? And then you get really big topics that don't get talked about until a, a mad balding person on Twitter <laughs> goes on a fucking campaign. <laughs> And then even then it get you know, like, and obviously I'm yeah. naming the Leandre Morello thing here, but like, yeah. why does it take that? Like, yeah. what are people doing? I, Apparently nothing, you know, like, I mean, what the fuck? I, I definitely agree. I, I mean, a, a good point to, for people who not just chess, but like, uh, about people kind of like hindsight and being able to say this was right or wrong, but then talking about having the knowledge to know that beforehand or to, to know what to take away from it like i realized i fell into this a little bit too at different points in my life just like watching film critiques and like the amount of people who can dissect a scene and be like oh this this was bad or this plot was written poorly or this this and this but then they probably can't write for shit and like they can't actually you know they couldn't give good actionable feedback to like actually go and do the same thing themselves or be even like a critique partner for someone else to do that um versus just like plot out a couple basic things so that is a, a problem that is a something that extends everywhere is like your ability to tell if something was good or bad or right or wrong is not necessarily the same things that you need to be actionable and constructive with it um but it does raise the problem of like i still like this is something i've, I've always struggled with like i don't know how to fix it necessarily like all these people whether or not they're uh, effective or not like, what do you do to increase the talent pool of the coaching staff and things like that? Yeah, this was, um, and, and stop me if I'm ever being long-winded. I, I feel like I have to do this. because The more you talk, the less I need to. It's fantastic. Yeah, I was about to say, okay. I mean, I've just gotten <laughs> okay. to sit back for the past five minutes. So I, <laughs> My cat's up on my lap yeah. now, dude. I don't give a shit. You can, you can, I'll leave. But this is, I will say, this <laughs> is a call out as to why we tend to do less having other show hosts on. Because uh, at a certain point in time, it stops being Hotline League and people call again and it becomes uh another yeah. show entirely but don't no, continue i'm not i'm not trying to cut you off okay um i so uh yeah i i, I just feel like i have to be long-winded because people like to clip out of context and then i don't want to leave gray area for bystanders um mm -hmm. so that's just why i feel like i've developed this habit to to add lots of clarity and yes. try to answer like yeah over explain um seems to be like a defense um so i think that um, what Mark is talking about, like about film critics and like other things, this is very prevalent. And one of the things that I've, I've tried to do recently, um, is pull people into stream calls and then ask them to explain something before it happens. And oftentimes you'll, you'll get like a blank face, um, or like a blank stare because 
they can't. They, they don't have the wherewithal to do it. Um, and that's a really big problem. And so this ends up, one of the things that I, I would list for viewers and, and you guys here, I don't know if you've looked into it, I had a talk with one of the top Hearthstone streamers about this very topic when it comes to... Which Hearthstone um, streamer? Uh, Navi Ut. Oh. Navi, I think oh, he's yeah. one of the big Legend yeah. of Runeterra streamers. And he actually said, um, you know, use Blooms' taxonomy as a talking basis for this point. And it's really, really interesting at how Blooms' taxonomy can actually show uh, fault in coaching and analysis, even within League of Legends. Um, because if, if you look at, like, the triangle or, like, the, the, the formation and stuff, it, it sort of makes sense. You go into uh, what builds into it and whatnot. Um, and I think it's just really, really, really good. Yeah, I totally um, knew what you were talking about, and I didn't just Google it. it yeah. <laughs> okay. Creating is the hardest, is the highest part of the pyramid, guys. And that's, that's uh, you know, that's the biggest thing, is, is getting to that top part of the pyramid. Yeah, to the conversation. <laughs> you did. No, the, the blue okay, stacks thing is, is, is interesting because the creation thing, in, in a way, is like the Leandre Morello debate, right? Because if you really know what's um, going on there, you should be able to break it down for what it is um, and then create something, right? But you get to that by being able to apply uh, the reasoning that you're stating, analyze it, evaluate it, and then create it, right? And even at the end, you're going to have people that don't totally get what's going on, but like, why did no one build Leandres until Nemesis and Larson? Which coincidentally, I mean, obviously my relationship with uh, Nemesis um, as a friend is like public and whatnot. That was the turning point in LEC, was Larson and Nemesis starting to build Leandres. Um, and then more and more people started following. And even when it first started, there was lots of people dissenting against it. Now, interestingly enough, look at LPL, look at LCK. There's no Leandres. Just fucking none. And I've talked to some of the Western staffs on Korean and Chinese teams, they basically say they, they just can't get through. They can't, like, get the point across to the players or the coaching staff that they're supposed to feed the data to. And it's no fucking surprise that, like, itemizations that are understood now in the, uh, the West, to an extent, like sitting on Oblivion Orb or upgrading to Morello before a pivotal team fight because it's most bang for your buck, or thinking about these things, like, critically, is absent in LCK LPL. And I don't think that there's coincidence because LCK LPL, there's no social medias. Everything's an echo chamber. You can't directly interact with the players of the teams. The only thing that exists is Facebook. And if you say something negative, you get blocked or deleted your comment. Yeah. I mean, so, even... sorry, continue. No, that was, that was it. I mean, I, I, I think that the, the, the devil's in the details, you know? Yeah. I mean, for sure. Like the, the, even though I was on the other side of the Morello's Leandries debate, like, the amount of yeah. time that went into working on that spreadsheet, finding all the kinks and the bugs, and then finding the like the points I was trying to make, and I don't even necessarily think I made all of them perfectly and cogently, but like that was such a difficult and time-consuming process. But that is like what you should be expecting from yes. coaching staffs and stuff. Is like <laughs> yeah. the players don't have time to build a fucking forty-hour spreadsheet and do all that math. Someone should do that and then be like, hey. Here are the takeaways. And then you should walk them through it so that they actually understand it. But yeah, I totally see your point about how many, pe how many people are doing that, like actively digging for new information in the game and stuff like that versus this is the build path I saw in pro builds or something. Well, we're in a that... dangerous top, a dangerous territory of descending into the civil war, and so I, I want to... I wanna... We're reaching across. We're shaking hands. What are you talking about? I, wanna... <laughs> I, could, I could see. I could see the old illusions flaring up. Um, but and I do I do want to finish. We've got three more callers and uh, and another okay. break. 
but Alice, uh, thanks for the call. Anything you want to shout out or you don't want to, well, do you want to just stay on? I don't care. I, is that, I is mean, that okay? Travis, it's I mean, I'll talk less to not distract from stuff. If you I just, mean, if, if, you if, wanna... if that's true, that's fine. I, I like your, your long winded rants, but I also worry about our, our, the length of the show. We have three <laughs> callers and, and roughly 30 minutes to go. I think we'll be okay. Okay. Um, yeah, right. you can just pass it to me whenever. Yeah. Uh, okay. Either way, let's uh, let's take a quick break and talk about our second sponsor shout out for the evening, which is Draft Buff. Uh, you can go do exclamation mark fantasy in Twitch chat right now, and uh, if you're not watching from Twitch chat, you should uh, go in the YouTube description and click draftbuff.com. If you've ever wanted to play Fantasy LCS, actually, you can also play Fantasy LEC and uh, and a draft that includes both of them. You should go check out Draft Buff. I know uh, Riot used to have this stuff as a product. Oh, hang on, I'm trying to bring it up on the on the page right now. Um, but they they don't have it anymore. But guess what? Now you can do it. In fact, you can create a mock draft on their website right now by going to draftbuff.com slash home. But if you want to, you can go download the app right now on Google Play or the uh, App Store, the Apple App Store, if you've got an iPhone, an iPad, or whatever. And uh, you can draft your own teams. Now's the time to do this before L LCS and LEC and, and League of Legends kicks back up in just a little bit over a week. Uh, let's see, I'm trying to load up. They've got a, uh, an example draft that I can show you as well. Uh, but if you do sign up, please do me a favor and use Travis Gafford as the referral. <laughs> Uh, because it'll get you some cool cosmetic stuff in the thing. By the way, free to play mm -hmm. and no, no, like it doesn't cost money to to draft. There's nothing like that. It's it's not a financially incentivized thing. It's all about the cosmetics and uh, just having fun with your friends. So go check out DraftBuff.com or load it up on the Google Player or Apple Store. It really helps uh, me out uh, when you guys check out our sponsors, and it kind of helps out Mark in a weird roundabout way. I don't know if you're interested in helping out Mark, but if you are, I guess you can do that. Uh, check out Draft Buff. We appreciate them so much. And uh, by the way, stay tuned because we're going to be doing a, uh, a a big fantasy thing for the first week where you guys can all compete against each other and against Mark and I. Uh, we're going to yeah. do that next week. Yeah. Mark <laughs> and I need to finish those conversations, but it'll be really cool. Either way, uh, check out draft buff thank you and by the way they are usually in the chat i i'm trying to see if i see them typing right now yeah they 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 don't like me yet oh they are in the they chat. like you they're warming up to me i think thanks travis and i guess mark so draft buff is in the twitch chat right now just message them and ask them any questions about their product or services you can we won't time you out if you're t having a conversation with them um it's really cool that they hang they did this last week too they just hang out in the chat and are ready to answer any of your questions so thank you to draft buff for that anyway let's get our next caller Mark, if you want to go grab them. Oh, he's already doing it. Uh, we got Slasher's Hat. Thank you for the sub. Petus Defetus, Robtron, Moogle T. Uh, let's see. Oh, Bob Flow, I think is the name. And then Quiggle as well. Thank you all of the subs for coming in. Mark is grabbing our next caller. We've got three more to go on this episode of Hotline League. And then stick around after the stream because I'm going to be hanging out. Through is here. Through, where are you calling from? Maine. Maine. And did I get your name right? Or is it Thew? There's no R Thew. there. I said the W. Matthew. It's all right. Oh. 
So I <laughs> yeah. fucking lost. All right, whatever. Okay. Anyway, what do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, so I want to talk about how Spica will win the Rookie of the Splits, but he will be benched after Worlds. Is he eligible for Rookie of the Split? That was one of my questions, first of all. So he had the three games and was... I don't think he's eligible. He's not eligible. Well, he should have honorable mention, I guess. Okay, so whatever. <laughs> so so great call. Thank you for it. No, um, all right. So you think, okay, if he was eligible, you would say he would win Rookie of the Split. Sorry, it sounds like your major point here is that he will do well but still get benched. Yes. Uh, so basically, um, this comes from the episode of The Crackdown. Uh, sorry to plug that on your show. But um, Sven basically talks about how TSM in 2019 and how he was in favor of bringing Spica over Katie and Grink. Uh, and he basically talks about how he was really impressed by his performance in scrims and uh, ultimately which led him into uh, playing the last three games in 2019 uh, on a pretty dumpster fire TSM. Um, and so I think all the stars are kind of going to align for him, uh, that the bar is going to be set super, super low for TSM junglers in general already. And so uh, sort of um, having any sort of overperformance on TSM will look good for hype for Spica. Um, and then I think the only other person that could be rookie of the split would be Tactical. Um, which I don't know if he's eligible either. Um, but basically, I think Tactical is going to be more of the heavy role player inside of TL. Um, and they're going to be played around like mid and top a lot more than bot. And so Tactical wouldn't be able to shine as much as Spica will. Um, hey, LS, how often is it in Korea that it's hard to even think of a candidate for Rookie of the Split? Uh, it's <laughs> not hard at all. There's so many candidates. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is kind of a good one to come in after. Yeah, yeah. I feel yeah. like we always end up. I don't know if it's the rookie of the split rules or what, but I feel like it's always the person who could have a breakout split has already played a couple games randomly as a sub on another. So tournament. I know we we've talked about expanding it behind the scenes uh, at, at Riot about. I think it's four right now, but it, I think we might have moved it to six or so. I I don't know what it is at, but it, it's definitely one. It's probably a little too strict, but also. I mean, it's definitely too, a, too strict. A, we literally never have rookies unless it's like well, when it's come, I mean, comes time for me to vote, I, it's always like, oh, I can vote for this person who played two games one time or something. I don't know. It's weird. I mean, that's um, the bigger point is that we don't use enough new talent. Just the joke. I was I was with Korea having plenty of options. Anyways, <laughs> I think uh, Spica will be okay. I don't know if that's a good take. I think... The idea that he gets replaced will is pretty likely if he doesn't pop off and, and actually play really well. Whether he'll do that, I'm not so sure because the only time we saw him in LCS was that was a team in the middle of exploding, which is not really fair to judge him off of. And in Academy, he's always been good. Um, but there's plenty of people who look great in Academy and then don't perform quite as well in LCS. Um, so it's hard for me to judge, as well as the fact that he's stepping into... The, the defense against the dark arts teacher spot, which is just doomed to fail. I want to point out, I feel like, like I was the first person to coin that for that position. I, I think no literally everyone that. with a brain thought of that who had I seen just, Harry I Potter. think I <laughs> for anybody else. Yeah. I don't know. LS, do you, do you watch, have you watched much of Speak at all? Um, no, uh, I'll be honest. Uh, I haven't really paid much attention. I think that 
Um, I think TSM's problems supersede any individual player, but I think that TSM, this split, is probably just going to be better because I think that the way that uh, NA... Well, not just NA orgs, but I think that when players or are sort of comrades and share a similar goal and they're more friendly with each other um, and the environment's better, it leads to healthier conversations and thus better practice. And that alone can be enough to beat or edge out other teams that are maybe similar to you. Um, but in regards to, like, Spika in general, I don't think that... I think that he is uh, but a raindrop amongst TSM's big problems. But then again, um, they're rumored to have a new coach. So um, I think that'll be good. Yeah, but this... I've heard that the coach... I mean, the rumor is that they're not really going to have a coach. Have you heard that they're actually getting, like... A coach, or are coach? you talking about the Vigar V2 thing? Vigar. Yeah, I'm talking about the Vigar V2. Vigar. Okay, yeah. Yeah, we, yeah. we talked about that a little bit last week. Um, and uh, our take with that was just like, how much of an influence can he be, assuming he can't be, if he's going to be remote with all the COVID 19 right. stuff going on. And if it, if it is the kind of thing where interpersonal relationships and structure are the problem, a remote coach. Like, you know, Monty has talked about when he was in Korea coaching, it was it was hard to address those problems because it's not really a strategic thing at that point. Right. That can it can definitely be problematic. And in regards to like Spica, I mean, I can't. Um, I think that the, the, the way NA teams play um, in general, and I think that the way that the jungle meta um, or like what's required out of junglers, if they're going to be playing well. I think the way that it's going to play out, I, I don't think that we're going to have like standout performances um, from jungle. So I I don't know. This is sort of like a weird topic where in North America specifically, I think it's uh, I've I talked about this before. It's very easy for a bad jungler to seem good when the laners are all really good, when, when you just have winning laners everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, and then if you have losing laners, even if you're a good jungler, you're going to look bad. We, um, we, so our last two MVPs really hard. have been junglers. Pog. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, uh, I think the I, the jungle is definitely the most team dependent role in the game. Where like you're like think about what Sven Skarin looked like from one split to the next in 2016 when TSM was like a dumpster fire in the regular season to like 16 and or 17 and one, you know, like he's mm -hmm. like a completely different player, even though he's pretty much making the same plays of aggressive invades and stuff like that. So it really does depend on your laners, which to me, I kind of agree then is less about uh, how speak is playing, which will matter a lot, but also how the rest of TSM is functioning. And it makes me wonder what is even like his success condition? Cause this is something I talked about with Keith when he got benched was like, okay, they're in the playoff hunt in his first split, role swapping to support, right. and he gets benched. What is his success condition then that keeps him in? Like, what, they're they're guaranteed in the playoffs when everyone had them pegged as a 10th place team? Like, if Spika is able to get to Worlds with this team, and he might act, I can totally see him still getting benched. Like, what is actually expected this kid? Right. So this is kind of just a piece that I want to go off from is that uh, I'm not a TSM fan at all, first of all, uh, but I, I do think if Worlds still does happen, um, I, I think that um, TSM will be able to make it just because NA as a region is really weak right now. And uh, I think they're going to basically bust her out in groups. 
um, go 3-3 in groups, uh, lose a tiebreak, of course, and then um, they are going to basically go and import a uh, new player um, so they can be more competitive on the world stage. And so I don't, I think Spica, um, even if they go to world, I, I, I don't know if he will, his spot is safe. Yeah. Which is, I mean, uh, it, if if the assumption is that they are playing him because they felt like they couldn't find a better player, I will agree that like that does not bode well for his future on the team. So. Yeah, I mean, especially with the whole they have a import slot open currently, yeah, that feels pretty doomed for for Spica. Who, uh, thank you so much for the or Thew, Matthew Thew. Uh, thank you so much for the call. Anything you want to say as we say goodbye? Uh, yep, so make sure you pick up Spica on your draft buff team at draftbuff.com and refer Travis Gafford. Thank you. Have a good yes, one. Not a problem. You yeah. too. Man, callers just make my job so easy. Um, all right, Mark is grabbing our next our next caller. A uh, couple of shout Actually, I was going to shout out some subs, but um, there's no new subs, so I guess we'll... Alyssa and I will sit here in silence. Oh. Can we get a can we get a fucking prime check Mark. right now? And <laughs> by the way, Alice, I assume like the co-streaming stuff has just been. Do you do you get a lot of subs and stuff while you the you're casting, or or do people not because there's less like ways for you to engage with the chat? Um, uh, you mean like during the co-streams, do yeah. I get a lot of subs? Um, yeah, uh, during the co-streams, I hit my peak sub, uh, count on Twitch. I hit 90, I, I went a little bit over 9,700. I didn't quite hit 10K. Oh my God. Yeah. And I'm, you're uh, living in Korea. And I'm living in Korea. I'm excited. So. I'm excited to see what house you'll own, uh, whenever you decide to <laughs> retire or home. I mean, this is, I'm, I'm going to get us tangenting now on, on Twitch stuff. And if you don't feel comfortable talking about it, like what, how much did Twitch stream or co-streaming like increase your your overall like viewership percentage you know I, i'm just curious um co-stream so my last couple of co-streams were all 25 to 30k viewers um i peaked at 43k with the double lift host jesus um and my lec live viewing which was just my webcam was 30k and interestingly enough um there were attempts to get my stream shut down for lec what the even fuck? though it was just my webcam yeah 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 yeah, that was like, and then my argument was, I am fucking funneling viewers to the LEC because I'm not showing it. Um, so you have to tune in to Riot's stream in order to, you know, what am I talking about? Um, so that ended up happening. But my viewership post co streams, um, even for like random variety, I'm getting like five, six, which is up from like three. Um, and then. When I do other stuff, uh, I don't know. I, I can come close to 10K. Were you playing the LEC audio? No, I wasn't touching anything. Uh, under, I just don't know how they could possibly, like, what... Uh, there's no, like, legal recourse. There's nothing they can DM. Yes. That's such a weird... I'm surprised you didn't freak Like, if somebody tried to do that to me, I would have no, just blasted out. it instantly <laughs> uh, to everyone. I... I, I my world stream um, was get got threatened to be taken down. Um, there was a lot of argument over it because my world streams were really big, uh, but it was just my webcam. 
How who, um, how can they how can they argue that? I just don't because one of the arguments was that I was in the uh one one of the um arguments is that I would occasionally show clips on stream and talk about the clips while the thing was live. Gotcha. But there's like a technically there's a rule I think in TOS. Yeah, I mean they could um, they if you're showing any gameplay footage, I guess they could DMCA your channel or take issue mm -hmm, with mm -hmm. it or something like that. So maybe that's what it is is just like I don't know. That's really weird. Yeah. Yeah. Anywho, uh based co co streaming uh it's mm -hmm. great for you. Blue Jay, where are you calling from? Uh, I'm calling from Ontario. Ontario. Wait, which Ontario? California or Canada? Canada. Canada. Blue okay. Jay. It's the the Oh yeah. Whatever. I remember because yeah. we've talked about this before. Mm -hmm. Anyway, what do you want to talk about on the show? Um, my take so I don't even know if this is a hot take or not, but it seems to me like a lot of people have just kind of forgotten about TL ever since Double Lifts left. And I think TL is going to bounce back this split. I think they're going to 2-0 TSM in the summer split. And I also think they're going to make it to finals, but lose to C9. Wow. Okay, so why do you have them beating TSM? Let's start there. Um, so I don't want to touch too much on what you guys already talked about with like Spica, but I guess I'll just go into it real quick. Um, there's, I don't think it's completely fair to, to throw all the failures of past TSM junglers on Spica. However, it's still hard to ignore that TSM hasn't been able to be successful in the jungle role for a long time now. So that's one thing. And to me, that was their biggest issue last split and not just last split for for many splits now and i don't think that that problem has been totally fixed yet uh we saw speaker play a little bit last year and while i don't think it was atrocious there wasn't anything standout-ish you know so i think that's that's the main point um a couple of other reasons are people are talking a lot about how double lift is hungry to bounce back and while i do think that's true i think that's equally as true for the rest of the players on tl so, I mean, that, and in my mind, that breaks it out as like a net neutral, right? Or are you saying like, because there are five hungry players and maybe only one on TSM, which, you know, I'm not sure if I buy that. Like, I, I just, it's, I get really, it's, it's a struggle for me whenever I hear hungry players, it's like an argument and it, I hear it on Hotline League a lot. Yeah. And that's fair. I, I guess what I am referring to specifically is that double lift is hungry is all the talk that you hear. But like, I think it's, if you're going to say that, then I think it's equally gotcha, as fair to yeah. say I think, that TL is as well. I think a lot of people talk about with, with double lift though, specifically because it was a problem last split yeah, yeah. about his motivation level. So saying like he's hungry now is specifically like he's going to have a he's different level. He's decided to start trying. Right. Whereas Jensen, from what we heard about, was always trying. Um, right. And I think, you know, you can say all of TL maybe suffered a little bit with Broxton not showing up um, until partly into the split. But I think the overall who's going to see the biggest bump in performance is, is double if and that's why people kind of say uh, him. And I, I have a couple of other reasons, but I didn't want to throw too much at you at once. Um, so I can go into a couple. Just of give other brief uh, bullet points. Yeah. So pretty much I think that Jat is great as a great addition to the team. I think there was definitely some issues with coaching last split. There was, yeah, he said, she said some stuff, you know, about okay, so like how clear was the good. message was. What's the next bullet yeah. point? Uh, hang on. Let me sift through my, my little notes here. 
Um, while, while you're while sifting, you're... we can no, start. No, no, about... I got one. Okay. I got one. What is it? Uh, the other one is that it's been a while since we've seen Doublelift not set up to win a split. So even though Doublelift has always been a big reason for why that team has been favorite to uh, been a favorite to win, this is the first time in a long time that we haven't seen Doublelift uh, on that favorite team. And yeah, I, like I said before, I still don't think Spica is enough to to fill the void of the issue on TSM. Okay. On the uh, coaching topic, LS, you have any bold predictions for Jat's first coaching position? Um, Jat's been one of the most diligent people that I've been aware of behind the scenes when it comes to trying to reach out and understand things. Um, and I think in in that regard, and like some of the top, like him and I have had conversations before some of the the meta and other things were mainstream. So I think it's good in that regard. Um, I think he's on the higher MMR end of things, right? Isn't he like D two D one? I think that he, that's also helpful. He trolls a lot. <laughs> he's always yeah. so like to to what we were talking about earlier about experimenting and trying to actually be creative with the game. He was all over fasting Senna before that shit became popular, and he had like, I mean, they're kind of dumbass strats, <laughs> but like you know, he's pushing the needle forward where he's like fat. Like every time Krugs are up, he go he would like go and do Krugs with his jungler to try and get the double uh, souls from that or whatever it was. So like. Yeah, he is. He is a, a really. He's high rated when he wants to be, and otherwise, he's trolling for f new ideas. Yeah, I think that's good. I think the fact that he, uh, I mean, at several points played at like a high level is good. Um, I think that like being able to connect with your players and then talk about things more in depth is is really helpful. And then I think the amount of stuff that he does behind the scenes or out of picture is is more than I've seen from most people. Um, so obviously, like, it, it, it's a weird topic for me, um, from, like, the caller, right? Because we, we can't say stuff without there being a basis, because ultimately we're only using conjecture, and I think conjecture is really dangerous. You don't call TL's coaching staff with Kane and whoever else amazing when, T when TL's winning, and then suddenly they're garbage when they're losing. Like, that, that's not how it works. You, you identify the identity of the team, and is there noticeable changes uh, or direction that's taking place, and if the answer is no, then it's most likely player-led, in my opinion. Did your audio blow noise? up, Travis? What's that? I think I think your audio blew up, Travis. My audio is it not fine? Okay, is it now? I, I LS did not do anything weird, so I think yeah, I don't that was know. On I didn't end. hear anything, so I guess it must have been on my end. I apologize to uh, um, whoever did that. Yeah, conjecture can definitely get pretty dangerous. That's why we let the the callers do all of it and then we just go oh i don't i don't know about that um the point about connecting with your players and playing a lot is something that it's it's something that i actually wonder about how people feel because like monty when he was coaching and doing that stuff was talking about like oh i don't need to i spend all that time playing or you know watching instead of playing and stuff like that and uh i had a similar point of view about those kinds of things but then the one piece of feedback that i got there's, after we bombed out in 2015 and, and got killed by C9 the, the gauntlet when they were reverse sweeping everybody, we all got really drunk afterwards and we were all just like kind of venting about like what what we were all wrong about and stuff like that. And Piglet was like, you just don't play the game enough to me. And I was like, yeah, but I, I watch all the stuff and this and that. And I think it's something that is underplayed probably a little bit by the coaching community overall was yeah. um, like how much you're playing the game because some things are feel and I, I think people don't always take that into account with like this feels bad to play 
and like you might not know what the player means in some matchups where it's like oh this matchup feels fucking terrible and like yes. you'll understand it way better playing it than than watching him struggle to get cs or something like that yes I think playing, um, I, I used to be of the train of thought in 2014 through like 2015, 16, uh, that playing wasn't important. And then as more and more time went on, I, I entered the opposite train of thought um, that you need to be able to play. You need to be able to grapple. You don't need to be able to be as good as the pro player, but I think it's important to grapple. We've um, gone... And then... I was yeah. just going to say, we've gone really off topic, and uh, we've got another caller oh, okay, to go. Okay. So, oh, whoops. Okay, um, okay. It's okay. okay TSM. Okay. Uh, okay, I'll just do TL, we'll wrap it TL up. TL in the finals. Yeah. No. That's my, that's my take. Who do you think will be there instead? I'm taking the field. Is that not an option? Oh, I guess that's an option. As C9 <laughs> in the finals, and then one of the other eight teams. What is more team? likely, TL or TSM in the finals? FlyQuest. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Uh, I actually might say TSM with double lift. LS, I don't know if you want to make an assessment given. Um, I think, I mean, I don't think TL will win, if that's what you're asking. I, well, the question is, do you think TL or TSM will be in? Oh, which will one be is better more likely TSM. to be in the finals against C9? TSM. Okay. Blue Jay, thanks for the call. Any shout-outs you want to make before we move on to our last caller? No, I'm good. Thanks a lot for having me on the show, guys. Yeah, have a good yep. one. All right. Um, we've got one more caller to go. And then things will, will go. Hey, thank you to Pedro Polo, Arciano, the Chadma, and Lane Plox for the subs. Our last caller is here, Frag What Frag. Welcome to the show. Where are you calling oh. from? Oh, sorry, I need to lower your volume. Um, I'm calling oh. from Monrovia, California, though. From Monrovia. Have you been on before? Yeah, uh, I did the world's take about uh, Damon. Okay. What do you want to talk about uh, today? Uh, it's actually player branding, like individually from uh, like team branding. So I think that like there's teams in LCS that are branded really well, like TSM, C9, TL. And, um, like, they have good presence. But, like, for instance, C9 even, uh, like, you know, won the split. They dominated. But they didn't have, like, a sneaky on their roster this year. And I think that showed in viewership at the end of the, like, the end of all of it. And there's a huge difference between honesty that players have when they're in an interview and they give an honest answer and someone actually being vulnerable on, like, camera and being, like, open in what they're doing and saying. Um, and I think that that's kind of like the missing factor. A lot of people will say something like honestly, but they won't be vulnerable. I guess a huge example would be um, like a who he versus a someday. Like someday's actually fucking crazy. Like he's super good, carried a hundred thieves this split, but like guy doesn't have nearly the fan base of who he and. Uh, You're saying who he or who he? Who he, sorry. Okay. But yeah. Um, and who like such a big brand versus like uh Someday doesn't really have that. So, sorry, do you think Someday should try to be a bigger brand? Or, I mean, some of this just comes down to the personality of these players, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for Someday, he's actually, like, a shyer player, and they've, like, shown that in interviews. But there's, like, plenty of players that um, show, like, moments even in your interviews where they'll, like, give a little bit of flair, give a little bit of, uh, 
not just honesty, but like they'll be a little unprofessional, I guess is the better way to say it. And a lot of people feel like they have to be professional on camera, which stops them from being personable to other people. If that makes sense. Yeah. LS, go ahead. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, I guess I had two points here. Um, I, one, uh, I mean, I think someday is, is held in higher regard than, than Hooney. Generally, whenever he's brought up, even if he's not actively talked about, um that much i agree with you like on the branding thing i actually just went on like a mini rant about this yesterday for like 20 to 30 minutes because i think like what you're saying about sneaky leaving uh there's two parts here one is that you have to be very afraid when star players leave because i imagine that if double lift and bjergsen and other top tier players retire the viewership will tank um and i was talking about this yesterday in regards to uzi's retirement that there will be some collateral damage that happens there's fallout uh, i think lck needs to be very afraid when faker retires um and i think that that's because teams and riot are not doing a good enough job to actually storytell um brands and promote things and, and other stuff and i think that because twitch became very diverse and very overpopulated even if you're good now it doesn't mean that you'll have a good stream doesn't mean you'll have a big twitter those times are, are long past 2013 2012 you're one of the top players in lcs turn on your stream 10k viewers um you know 5k viewers 6k viewers and you can grow your brand that way you can go on twitter lots of people are going to retweet you because all eyes on you um nowadays it's not the same you have lcs players with 100 viewers or less 200 viewers or less they have no subs no patron no youtube nothing going on branding's really bad so i think i totally agree with you there however viewership for na i do not think was actually down this was brought up in the reddit thread if you add me dominates and the other miscellaneous co-streamers uh viewership to the numbers because we're talking 70 90,000 viewers that are not included in the stats i am suspicious that even if you include those numbers i'm suspicious that it it wasn't neutral so i i guess i'm supposedly getting an interview with the, the commissioner soon but uh, there was also oh, a Monday Night League and shit like that going on too, so it's a little hard to translate. Yeah, into I one. think I think to your point, LS, like it is true that it's it's difficult when you look at the main Twitch channel and you see it looking so down, whereas like yeah. a lot of viewership has switched to co streams and a lot of it has switched to YouTube, so it's not mm -hmm. as bad as it seems, but it does seem as though like I have I have some friends that look at these types of things and and I think even including the co streams and stuff, it does feel like LCS viewership was down, and I don't really know why because overall like twitch viewership leveled a ton even even if it's neutral that's i think a bad thing because so many other things went up whenever everybody started quarantining so but right. i i will say like it is i mean we've talked about this before on the show it's it's tough right now in the lcs because there are just not a lot of new personalities and the ones that are there like closer i think is a great example like the league fans just haven't caught on to him. And I don't know if that's well, on Golden Guardians or on LCS or whatever, but I, I don't know. I mean, to, to like, Licorice should be North America's, like, fucking golden child right now. Like, yes. he, he got to world semifinals. He's always popping off. He's incredible. He's got 60K followers, you know, like, and he, he's trying. I know he is. Like, I've talked to him about this. Riot has reached out to, like, players and i don't know if i'm supposed to be saying this but there is like an attempt to build stars i'm getting i'm getting an emergency announcement brp oh like from the sirens thingy right okay. right right yeah. yeah you go for it um hopefully it's all right i know he said that he had a covid case in his his apartment yeah. uh so hopefully it's just related to like an update or something 
Um, in the meantime, Licorice is someone who should be a star in the league. In some sense, is, but doesn't quite have the... Um, he's not a popular player. I mean, yeah, he's not. It. Yeah, like, he streams a little bit. Probably not as much, but he does put an effort in. Uh, but it does feel like a lot of pros, and I don't know, I mean, I wish LS was still here talking about the Korean scene and some of the newer people who come up. I guess Faker's still there. Oh, he's back. You okay? Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm okay. I think it's about Corona. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was about to say good to hear, but not really. I don't know. Either yeah. <laughs> way, I was saying like new stars in North America do feel slower to develop uh, with Licorice sitting only at 60K followers. And I was going to ask like, is the Korean scene seeing similar problems? Because you said, like, when Faker retires, my God. Like, are some of the newer uh, exciting players, like a Clid, or I don't know who who's even, like, the super, the new super popular good good players that people are thinking about? Um. So when some of the new super insane players stream, they get very low viewers. Obviously, Twitter's not a thing here. Uh, Facebook is kind of a joke. It's just an echo chamber that maxes at maybe 3K likes even for some of the superstar players. Mm -hmm. um, but Facebook is sort of the social media here. Um, I think in general, like, man, I should just, like, upload my rant to YouTube Edited or something. Um, <laughs> I, I basically went off that, like, BDD and Chovy should be much more iconic right now than they are. And when mm -hmm. they collide with Faker, it should actually be really big for viewership. And, like, there should be stories, but no one fucking cares. Um, yeah. yeah. Interestingly enough, we know that it's not impossible, though, because some streamers are able to be uh, essentially constructed in very small amounts of time in the league ecosystem. And obviously, I would, I would cite um, like Tarzan's blow up. I would cite TF Blade when he just randomly started streaming. Like there was so much hype around him. He's branded very well. Um, and then even someone that's not really competitive, but Sanchovies, right? The new, I mean, he's like a casual like league streamer. But his brand is fucking exploding. He's he's grown like forty thousand followers on Twitter or something. He's almost past licorice, right? And he's just a casual person. Yeah. How can these people develop way larger brands with way bigger pulls than LCS players? Well, something because they actually it's yeah, because they're I, actually I, creating content like full time, right? Whereas I feel like that's not what's happening. Yeah, but with the league to players. LS's point, like your content that you're creating as a pro player is the, the fucking games. You know, like you pop off in a game. Right. What do you do after that to convert that to stuff? And like, what is also the LCK or the LCS doing when someone pops off? Yeah, we do like the post-game interviews, but is that, you know, I think it's fair to ask, is that the, the correct thing to be doing? Or is uh, there something right. better? Like, should, should those go to social media instead of just go to the broadcast? I don't know. Right. Frag, what do you... Uh... Sorry, you've been trying to get a word in. Yeah, no, it's okay. Uh, I think that's the difference between honesty and vulnerability, though, right? Like, um, streamers, they're streaming all the time. Like, Tyler1 is the biggest streamer uh, in NA, right? Like, just probably for yeah. League. And he's super vulnerable on camera. And there's a difference between, like, being vulnerable and being, like, sappy or anything. Vulnerability is just, like, being yourself openly. And it's, like, truer honesty almost. Like, people can answer a question in an interview honestly. But if you're like doing it professionally, you're not really being who you actually are, you know, and a lot of pro players put that on. And I get it because like it's like the professional side of things. They don't want to lose their job. They need to come off professional. And a lot of people in interviews have even said, like, um, if I talk shit and all of a sudden, you know, I get slapped or clapped, it comes back on me. Yeah, no, but, I mean, that everybody does play it way safer now on on in interviews. 
yeah, and yeah. you guys brought up uh, licorice, but like even still, uh, I would think that a bigger one would even be like Blaberniski. Like they're part of the huge reason. Like mid jungle is the reason why C9 is winning so much. And I've seen C9 like try with licorice, and they put him in that poker tournament thing that they did on their channel. And they're like trying to push these mm -hmm. guys out there, but it has to come from the players. And that's something that's huge that happened with Sanchovius. He started talking to Mo and LS and other people on his streams. And all of a sudden, like, it, it's one of those things when you actually have a conversation with someone, you're more naturally going to be yourself. And that's part of why your channel does so well is because instead of interviewing people, you kind of converse with them. And it allows them to openly be themselves without feeling like they have to put themselves well, out there. I mean, even like LS is a good example. Like, I think, I don't know if anyone has done more as a content creator in the scene than LS in the last, I don't know, two or three years, right? Like, you watch every region, you're streaming all the time, you're participating in other people's streams, even when you're not. You're watching every region, you're putting out videos and shit. And it's like, what do you know? LS has blown up because he, he's put the work in. Uh, and I think that's something that a lot of pro players just don't want to do because they're focused on winning and that's the only thing on their minds necessarily. Or when they're not focused on winning, they want to go relax and not build the rest of their brand and empire and stuff. Yeah, empire. like, no, I, I don't disagree with that. I don't think that it even takes streaming all the time. Like, it's not like double if streamed well, last season, like the whole entire time or anything either. And it, of course, he's had his brand for a while, right? But I think that the bigger aspect of it is like when you get on the cameras for one, like either a show through your team or um, when you're in an interview or anything, being like, again, more vulnerable to answers, not just answering it honestly or professionally, but like wording it in the way that you would actually word it if you're like talking to a friend. And because like people crave that people crave like personability. And if people don't show it, like if stars don't show it, if players don't show it, then you're just not going to really get that big of a following the the following comes from that the other following comes from like star players so like faker and even jerkson when he came into lcs it's like when, when someone's just ridiculously mechanically good or just ridiculously good at any game they're going to get a brand but like sometimes the fan favorite isn't always going to be the best player and that's why like there is a middle ground i actually think... think riot oh go ahead Alice. Oh, sorry and then and no, I, I... finish your thought um, I, I think Riot should actually utilize influencers to actually utilize them. Um, and what I mean by that is, like, Tyler1, if you just look at, like, stats and stuff, he has 600, 700,000 people unique tuning into his streams um, throughout the course of his stream. That is unholy. I, I don't know what TF Blades is. Um, if, I, if I look up TF Blades unique turnover... Uh, Let's see if this will come up. But basically, what I'm what I'm getting actually, so TF Blade is is getting like 150 to 200k uh, unique people tuning into his streams. Um, these are a lot of people that you don't know how much they maybe pay attention to like pro players. But like what Mark Z was saying with like Sanchovi's blowing up by connecting with pro players like Broken Blade and Yasuo and and other influencers and then growing a brand. Riot could easily actually utilize influencers, I think, to help generate attention like i think having tyler one on the broadcast the way that they did is good um you know to, to to draw eyes and to draw attention um and i think that that's important because otherwise things just all fall on the star players and if they leave it's going to be a doomsday i there has been more of that but i think something you said right at the end there about connecting tyler one to the pro player directly uh as opposed to like you know, on broadcast or something, because anyone who's been on, for people who haven't been on broadcast, it's a really weird sensation. And even like Tyler won the first couple of times he was on broadcast with like me and Dash on the analyst desk. 
there's like a cadence and like a unseen rhythm to the what we do that if you're not used to it, it actually is it feels really hard to be natural and like he's he's got tyler one's got a lot better but it's the reason a lot of pro players struggle not just from like a like a lot of pro players are great at talking about the game if you just sit down and talk to them normally but you put them on the desk with replay packages and camera bumping around and who they're supposed to look at and non-visual non-verbal cues of who's talking next and stuff right. like it's so like that's why i think if you want to use tyler one effectively it's not just bring him on the analyst desk or have him do like some awkward interview where he's he's talking to another pro player but like to the caller's point, something that's a little bit more authentic and vulnerable than uh, sometimes comes across. Maybe that would translate better. I don't know. I'm kind of just throwing shit at the wall. Craig, uh, thanks for the call. Anything you want to say before we close out the show? Oh, no, just thanks for having me. Uh, good shows, guys. Thanks. Have a good one. All right. That wraps the show. Uh, Mark, any shout outs, plugs, anything you want to say at the end? Um, not really. Uh, not much is going on in my life right now, personally. Uh, uh, LCS is starting up. I think I have a meeting on Friday, which is my first official meeting about this, even though we've, we've kind of started talking. So I'm looking forward to that. Otherwise, the, the rest of the world, there's a lot of shit going on. Black Lives Matter. Check out uh, any resources you can. I've been... Did you guys do an episode of The Dive? Uh, yeah, I think we might be doing one about Uzi. Okay. Um, but anyways, yeah, check out, if you want to see some stuff, you can check out my Twitter. I've retweeted some things. What's that noise in the background? My cat's going full spaz mode. Great. Just <laughs> ignore it. Just ignore it. LS, how about you? What do you want to plug? Uh, uh, Twitch Prime. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. That's pretty it. much it. Yeah. No everybody go deal. find LS on, on Twitch. I, I don't feel like I need to say that because I feel like everybody that watches this show... It, your your stream is always listed in the back end as like one of the uh, maybe the I mean, biggest he's more popular us. Stuff. I don't know if we need to direct much. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> thanks for the uh, thanks for popping on though. Uh, shout out to yeah, Alienware and DraftBuff, and thanks DraftBuff for hanging out in the chat, answering questions. Feel free to message them uh, as we and stuff. I'll be on stream. Uh, I'm not going to go anywhere. So uh, thanks to Mark and Alice for coming on. This has been Hotline League episode 125. Thanks. Bye.